Welcome to My Heart Songs Podcast number 233, Ringing in the New. Kawabunga! I'm all about the promise of this new year being less violent and not so crazed economically for many. These past seasons, the probable, possible, and plausible rose quickly to dance together to an unknown tune, the music of uncertainty filling the spheres. So many inflationary economic challenges, much bad war news to process, along with ongoing climate catastrophes whenever I found myself internet doom-scrolling. Viloma is a Sanskrit word I recently discovered that roughly translates as against a natural order. It's now being used to describe a person whose child has died. When I wrote World Words many years ago, I searched for such a concept but could not find one orphan, widow, widower, but no word for one who has lost a child, as if such grief was impossible to conceptualize in a single term. Viloma, a small but powerful expression, embodies all the deep mourning when a parent has to bury their child. Against a natural order, yet happening daily in our violent and dangerous world. Reminds me of the story of the traveling monk who comes to a small village. The quite prosperous local merchant Merchant makes an offering in the expectation of receiving a blessing. The monk asks for a scroll and writes, Grandfather dies, son dies, grandson dies. The merchant is taken aback, and the monk, seeing his pained and confused expression, explains, If you lost your child or grandchild, you'd be heartbroken. If, however, people die within your family in the order I have described, that is a great blessing and true prosperity. As I reflect back on 2023 and the state of world affairs and the human condition, where to find solace? I hosted a small men's poetry gathering this past week, and it left me feeling deeply touched and uplifted, sharing from the heart words that have their own unique power when placed together in a certain evocative order. Amazing. Gazing at the sky when the moon is asleep, from inspiration to insignificance, the vast array of desert stars always delivers, moving silently in their arcs, calling forth within me both laughter and longing. Music. Time to sing those songs that fill my eyes, empty my mug, and summon me to my feet for another round of blissful forgetting. Songs to make me groove in defiance of my aging corpus. Songs to spin me off my illusory axis of seeming control. And finally, I had a catch-up tea with two good men, exploring ideas about meaning and service and creative expression. There you have it. Poetry, nature's gifts, music, meaningful time with friends, always help to soothe my troubled soul. Ever hear the word acnestis? It's the spot right in the middle of your back that always seems just out of reach often the location of an itch that one just can't manage to scratch. My longings at year's end are like that. If only I could something just out of reach that wants to be expressed. What does it really mean to live with an open heart? When things seem quite darkly discouraging, I invite all the irritation, resentment, or negativity, especially around other humans, into the spaciousness around my heart and hold it all there gently in the silent beating of life itself. Perhaps that is one doorway to love in action. 
If, as the Beatles penned, love is all we need, then perhaps we might learn from young ones something about manifesting it in our daily doings. A group of four to eight-year-olds were asked, what does love mean? Eight-year-old Rebecca muses, when my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore, so my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. Billy, aged four, states, when someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You just know that your name is safe in their mouth. A similarly beautiful image comes from seven-year-old Karen. When you love somebody, your eyelashes go up and down and little stars come out of you. <laughs> love is what's in the room with you at Christmas if you stop opening presents and just listen, declares seven-year-old Bobby. Nika, at age six, thinks, if you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend who you hate. I'm not sure I agree with beginning with what is hardest, but it is a profound sentiment nonetheless. Marianne, aged four, talks about our animal friends, who can indeed teach us about unconditional love and acceptance, as I'm learning daily from my healing medicine dog, Luca. Love is when your puppy licks your face even after you left him alone all day. Upon seeing an elderly neighbor feeling sad after his wife's death, the four-year-old boy climbed onto his lap and just sat there. When his mother asked what he had said to the neighbor, he replied, Nothing. I just helped him cry. Finally, Jessica, with her eight years of wisdom, reminds us, you really shouldn't say I love you unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you should say it a lot. People forget. Back in the day when I was doing groups for young men in high school, we would do a strength bombardment at the end of the session, going around the closing circle in turn and saying something positive about each participant. I always enjoyed watching the light on their faces and the calm in their bodies as they learned to take in some compliments. What a difference a few encouraging words can make if truly heartfelt. How about starting the new year by reaching out and expressing a little extra appreciation to someone in a very specific, detailed, and intentional way? Maybe even write a letter instead of an email or phone call. The world needs us to each do our part. As we approach this new beginning, here's to more love and kindness, including self-loving and caring, being, doing, whatever uplifts us. Be a fountain, not a drain. Thanks, as always, for listening. And remember, friends and family can easily sign up at myheartsongs.org.